years and years ago like sega times so i remember bringing her bringing one of them home so that's where it kind of started i've just done it for as long as i can remember but to me that was normal so i suffer from a condition called endometriosis obviously i was in pain and it's really not nice but it gave me the chance and the opportunity to start something that i probably wouldn't have done otherwise i had people around me that were just like why don't you just start streaming when people started realizing it was me that was doing it they were like oh well that's cool and blah 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 and i just grew it from there really so yeah this is what i do because they don't expect someone that looks like me you know i'm an asian female like to be gaming but but opportunities do just naturally come your way so quick because you look different you are different that's why i would love to see more brown girls get into it but i believe that for anything if you've got the passion for something you can take it as, as far as you want to take it like I, I think she's like doing something naughty in there like she's she dresses up and everything and i was like mom Welcome back to the Culture Cast podcast. My guest today is a Twitch streamer. She goes online by the name of Shriggs. Welcome, Simon Shagel. How are you doing? Thanks. I'm good. I'm good, thanks. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Um, we were just obviously talking beforehand about like gaming and things, and and it's it's very nice to see that there's representation of of a female Indian gamer because I, it's like a unicorn. I didn't even think these things existed. <laughs> you know what I mean? So it's going to be interesting to yeah. talk about all things gaming and I've been an avid gamer for a very long time, so should yeah. be a very fun conversation. But the way that I like to start every episode is just to take a trip down memory lane. Tell me about a bit about you growing up, what's your cultural background, what was Baby Simran like, all of that. Okay, um, so I was born in Birmingham. Um, I've lived here most, I've lived here practically all my life. I did live in London for a period of time. That's because I, I went and lived with my sister and went to college there. But then I've come back here again. Um, yeah, so um, I'm a Sikh girl from Birmingham. But where I've grown up, there hasn't been many brown people at all. So it's just, I don't really see a lot of people like me around here, to be fair. So I went to school. I was one of the only brown girls I think at the time in like my whole year as time went on like when I was in high school say like year nine that's when more Asians started to move into the area but until then like I've kind of grown up without a lot of brown people around me um I've got my two sisters and I've got a younger so my two sisters are older than me and I've got a younger brother and if it wasn't for my two sisters I wouldn't be as grounded as I am now so my two big sisters are like my besties and they've always looked after me so they're the kind of guys that I had around me most of the time, to be fair. Um, yeah, that's yeah. Mm. You, you've Because I'm from Newcastle, and obviously <clears throat> I've said on the podcast before, there's not there's not many Asians around up here either. Yeah. But when I think of Birmingham, I always think of like, oh, it's so multicultural, half of the up and air down there, do you know what I mean? Yeah. All the Indians are there, but for you it was the opposite. Yeah, so a lot of people do assume that. I can understand why, because it is there is a lot of us around here. But I think my particular area, so like my parents moved to an area where there wasn't a lot of them. I think my dad, which is I, it's understandable. My dad kind of wanted me to grow up around different types of people, but then wanted to grow up in like a safer area, if that makes sense. Just yeah. so it's just where it's just my dad always liked this area, so he's just stayed here and yeah it's just how I've grown up that like recently there's a lot more Asians that are moving into my area but only very recently and I'm 27 now so I've lived here since I was born yeah. so it's taken a good few years for um Asians to move around here <laughs> so 
it's definitely a good thing. You said you said um your older siblings help you stay grounded as well. Is that because like, if if you pipe up at any time, they'll definitely bring you back down to earth. Yeah, my sisters. Oh my god! Like I wouldn't be who I am without my sisters. So I can't imagine. I just don't know. They've obviously they've experienced the same as me. So I was younger than them, but them them growing up as well, there was no Asian people around them either. So um, I think that's what makes us. Because people will say that I'm different than like you typical and I think it's just because I've grown up around like quirky people so my personality is just a bit different it's not like same as everybody else I think it's you know what they say like where you grow up your community and things like that so yeah I think that's got a big factor in it 100% that's why I asked this question at the, the at the beginning of each podcast is because like and it's and it's basically the last question as well but it's like a more summarized version of the last question is basically because i see i see culture as a as a thing of like an amalgamation of all your experiences your relationships so me being brought up in newcastle compared to say southall for example is is another stereotypical asian uh, area is it's going to be like i have a very different culture to someone who has been brought up in that area if that makes sense but i see the value in like um over here that there's like a tight-knit Indian community so yeah. when I was going to like Punjabi classes and things on the weekend you, you have your it's almost like a double life isn't it it's like you have your English friends at school and you have your yeah. Indian friends at the Godwara and, and things like that so but it, it really helps in like adaptability as, as you're going forward do you know I mean yeah, you're able definitely. to adapt uh, so much more yeah what was um did you go to like uh, them sort of things at Punjabi class and things when you were a kid or no? I never, I never did. Like everyone I know did. And I feel like I missed out on something. Yeah. I just I just don't know. My parents never said, I think they sent my elder sister, but then I don't know. They just never sent the rest of us. So I feel like I fully missed out a little bit. Do you know what I mean? Like as I'm, as I'm getting older, I'm getting a lot more into my culture. Now is I'm so interested. I'm interested in our history. I'm interested in, you know, like where we came from back home and the struggles they had. But when I was younger, because I wasn't around people that would talk about it, I didn't really know a lot. I can, I can say that I was uneducated because, you know, like I think my dad really wanted to get us to integrate within society and, you know, do our best you know what we've what he's brought us to like the the area that he's brought us to and whatever and I do I am really thankful because I do feel very multicultural I do feel like I can talk to anyone and everyone Mm -hmm. so I haven't just been surrounded by my type of people I've been surrounded by all types of people so that's really helped me I feel like that's what's made me a very social person as well no no 100% it does make sense and I think that the the funny thing is is like the grass is always green on the other side when you're growing up like for me it was the opposite as I say, I was like very. I stuck out like a sore thumb. I had my little gutti going to school. I'd, yeah. I'd have like Punjabi MC blasting through my headphones, where <laughs> I could hear other people like laughing, like at my music choice through my headphone. <laughs> so like when when I was growing up, it was more like the oh, I'm, I'm a bit shy and ashamed of where I'm come from. But then, yeah. like you said, the older you get, the more you sort of appreciate it, and you see like the the benefits that it brings as well. Yeah. Whereas obviously you're saying like the the opposite, like um. And I think that's it. Like when I was growing up, I was thinking, oh, if only I could integrate more. Yeah. Um, uh, and you did and, and sort of missed out on a few things, whereas I missed out probably on a few things because I was like that side of things. Does that make sense? It, yeah, yeah. No, that makes sense. That makes sense. You mentioned there as well, like your you, uh, multicultural area. Uh, so what other cultures were you surrounded by? 
Well, to be fair, I do say that. I think now more so, and like my nan as well. So I say my nan. I know that sounds, you know, I'm I'm always like me nan. But um, my <laughs> nanny, she's from Southall. So to be fair, Southall is like my second home. Mm-hmm. So as much as I live here and I'm just surrounded by Gordon, but when I'm in Southall, it's like a whole different story. It's like complete opposite to where I live. So I have had kind of the best of both worlds. So I have grown up here, you know, been surrounded by different types of people. And then when you go to Southall, it's like culture just hits you in the face yeah. and you can't escape it. But I love that, though. I love the fact that at least I had that much. Like I didn't have it in Birmingham, but whenever I'd go and see my nanny and go and see my family and whatnot, I would experience it. So that's what's kind of also kept me so that I haven't gone too far left. Like I have still got that culture inside me because that was our way of kind of experiencing it growing up. Um, um, yeah, I'm quite similar. Like my Masi lives in Leicester and the uh, summer holidays, I often go down there and spend like uh, time with, with her and obviously like my cousins and stuff. And um, yeah. obviously Leicester's way more like brown, I guess, than, than up here. Um, mm-hmm. and, and it was, it's funny because like I re- this one thing always stands out with me is like we went to one of their markets on like the weekend. We go to another market stalls, and obviously up here, if you want to slyly say something about like uh, anything, like if you pick up something, you just be like, "Oh, this is nice," or even say a bad thing about it. But yeah. up here, you can say it in Punjabi, and nobody's gonna understand. Nobody it. will know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I pick. I think it was like a wallet or something from this market stall. <laughs> I picked it up, and I I think I said something negative. To be fair, but in Punjabi to my masi, and then the market stall like owner person, like the salesperson was like no no it's really good quality it's really good quality but obviously like in Punjabi back and I was thinking get where you are yeah you I was like whoa <laughs> yeah I was it's like this is not yeah. the same up north <laughs> it's crazy it's like even now it's I find it hilarious when I have to go to the Indian shop because there's none of that around me and even though like like I keep on saying I'm 27 you'd think by now you know but when I go to the Indian shop it's an experience for me but I love it I have so much fun, have so much fun. and that's what I mean I love going to Southall because it's like another world but I love it have you know but yeah it's just around here like I said there's not many people like me but I kind of like it because I stand out that's what I like about myself I've always seen myself as unique I've never compared myself to anyone I've never been like I wish I was this person I wish I was like that I've just been happy in my own little bubble on my own little journey do you know what I mean so like I'm happy with the way I am it's the best way to be yeah I think it's the best way to be I am happy with myself I'm always you know bigging my own self up always being positive and focusing on myself mm-hmm. so like I said my, my sisters my sisters were there for that they definitely always kept me in my lane so I'm very blessed with having them around no definitely like you, you can learn some like obviously I've got an a, elder sibling as well and, and it's sort of they go to war with, essentially on your behalf and then pass down the lessons so it's very yeah. easy just to pick up the little tricks of the trade and things from them mm-hmm. and um and yeah, it's it's just a lot more easier. And speaking of like being unique in things, as as we were speaking mm-hmm. beforehand, yeah. um, is that I I said that you were like a unicorn when I first mm-hmm. stumbled across your Twitch gaming <laughs> platform yeah. because uh, I haven't seen that many um, Indian gamers first and foremost, but then on top of that, female Indian gamers because mm-hmm. I don't know if I'm ignorant to this. I don't know if there's like a little sub sort of section of twitter and instagram and twitch of we'll get on to that yeah <laughs> so so many indian female gamers but yeah. for me you're the first one that i stumbled across and and sort of sparked uh sparked my interest um so we'll take it sort of back to how you got into gaming first like what was your first console what was your first game experiences and and how did you sort of get into it okay so um 
I think my big sister was into gaming years and years ago, like Sega times. So I remember bringing her bringing one of them home. So that's where it kind of started way back then. Um, so I've been gaming for a very, very long time. It's been more than 10 years now. So we had like everything. We had like Nintendo, Sega, which is really cool. Because if like I keep on referring, but if my sisters watch this, they're going to be like, you're such a sap. But, but if it weren't for her, like I wouldn't be where I am now. So she used to buy all the consoles and then it went to, you know, like PlayStation 1, 2, 3, 4, and now we're on five but like yeah i i don't remember the first i don't remember what got me into call of duty but i was so into it and i used to play like you know when gta was obviously 18 plus i used to be so young playing it and i was such a psycho because i used to run people over <laughs> them and i used to be giggling i used to find it so much fun and i was like wow like this is my thing so um that's how it all kind of started i think we always had like a console in the house um, and I was always just into it so I've, I've just done it for as long as I can remember but to me that was normal so mm-hmm. like like you say you don't know many Indian gamers and people do say to me like what and I'm just like what do you, what do you like what do your parents say for example I'm like what can they say to me like do you know what I mean like what does your yeah. family say and I'm just like they're so used to it. it's nothing it's like yeah someone's on a PlayStation again or my mum will be like you can't disturb her because she's gaming do you know what I mean so yeah it's just completely normal it's been years and years and years and then I would say about three years ago um, a few people mentioned to me you should stream and I was like like I like like I said I like being in my own little bubble I like just sitting there you know escaping from the world and playing but I got quite ill so I had like I wasn't working or anything um and I was on like horrible like really horrible drugs so I couldn't drive I had to quit work and that was like the perfect opportunity if I'm sat at home and I'm playing why not stream it so mm-hmm. that's how i got into it that is uh it is, it is cool because as you say it's like it's if it's normal it's normal to you but then maybe not to others yeah. sort of thing which is it is quite fascinating because like you don't typically think of and i know this might get some backlash but you don't really mm-hmm. typically think of girls as gamers i know that yeah. like sort of stereotype is changing now because you have uh quote-unquote e-girls i don't really understand what they are <laughs> <laughs> but you yeah. have them um but like exactly like you, 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 as you said, like if it's normal for you, then it's just normal. And then when you go out of that bubble, then you sort of realize, oh, actually, there's not many people doing this. Even even now, like I'll get compliments. I'll, I'll finish streaming and I'll get messages like, that's so cool. You need to carry on doing what you're doing. And I'm just like, I'm just sat here doing what I love to do. <laughs> and you always, like every time I stream, I'll get someone new saying, I can't believe you do that. And I'm just like, what do to, like we keep saying, because it's normal. I'm like, what? Like, all I've done is press start record on like a camera <laughs> or something. Like, to me, it's nothing. But I think it's kind of like, it is a bit sad in a way, because I'm like, I wish that more brown. I know quite a, a, quite a few now. Mm-hmm. Um, and being on Instagram, I've had messages, which is so cool. Like, I've had girls message me, Indian girls that are like, oh, I play, but I've got no one to play with. And it's like, not normal. Do you want to play? And I've hooked up with girls, like playing with them and stuff. And it's just super cool. And I want to kind of build a little community with Asian girls, if possible, because I'm all about girl power. And I think we can smash that stereotype. Like, if you enjoy doing it, then just do it. Do you know what I mean? You shouldn't care about what other people think. And so, yeah, that's my mission at the moment. No, 100%. Like, uh, that's the thing, isn't it? It's, it's representation. Like, that's been the running theme of sort of this podcast so far, mm-hmm. is that everybody that I've spoke to, it's, it's people doing things in different fields, but the them fields are not the stereotype for for Asians because 
um, is that normal doctor, lawyer, engineer as a stereotype and, and everyone jokes about. Mm-hmm. But um, when you see somebody who's sort of smushing it in a different field, then it sort of opens that door to the next generation or even like somebody else, even like who, as you say, is is doing that but not on a public stage, if that makes sense. Like you, you, you got in touch with other female South Asian gamers um, who are also smashing it. But when they see someone who's actually publicly doing it, then it makes it a bit more like makes it normal. It normal, breaks yeah. that, yeah, it breaks that stereotype, which is super, super cool. Because yeah. I am that person who was like messaging you saying, "Oh, <laughs> still cool doing it." Obviously, in the lead up to this, when uh, when when we first got in contact, it was like yeah. smashing it. That's why I wanted to speak to you on the podcast because it is. Yeah it's a cool thing because it isn't happening like and and that's that's the thing going forward is that us Indians and us South Asians I guess and ethnic minorities as a whole when you get into fields that are are not normal as I say it's it's just more eye-opening it makes it more achievable for for the next generation it's it's representation at the end of the day yeah definitely do you um I I know obviously we we spoke about this in the build-up to this um about your health complications and, yeah. and, and things. Do you want to touch upon that? Because I know you went on to, uh, was BBC Asian Network, yeah, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, I was on BBC Asian Network. So um, basically I suffered, I think I've suffered for a long time, but I'll get into that. So so I suffer from a condition called endometriosis. Endometriosis is where um, the lining of your uterus will grow and it will stick to other places on your inside. So it can stick to your bladder, your bowels, your ovaries, um, your fallopian tube. It can, it can grow anywhere and it's extremely painful. So ladies that have periods, you can imagine it's already painful, but it's like a whole nother level of pain. You know, you get like sharp shooting pains down your legs. It's as if someone's got like a sharp knife and is constantly stabbing you in the pelvis. Like I'm laughing, but that's because that's the only way I can deal with it. So um, since I was really young, I've always had problems with my period. So I started when I was like 11 or 12 and I'd have to take so much time off school because I was like collapsing. I was in pain. And every time you go to the doctor and women can relate, all you ever hear is, oh, you're just having your period it's normal and you're like okay this doesn't feel normal like is this what it is and I hated myself I was like I've got I'll go through this until I'm I don't know whenever I reach menopause and then you've got menopause and it's like you can't escape do you know what I mean so that was really tough and I'd constantly go to the doctors saying it's not normal it's affecting everything around me it's affecting my mood I can't it got to the stage where I'd have to plan what day I was washing my hair because just doing such a simple thing as washing my hair would mean I'd be a write-off for the rest of the week because your body's constantly fighting the pain. So mm. you're in pain and you're, you're like, I can handle it, I can handle it, but really your body's exhausted from fighting fighting it. It's, it's a chronic illness. Um, so I suffered for that, I think, for a long time. And on average, it takes about seven years for a woman to get diagnosed. It's horrible. When you read the statistics, you're shocked it's actually horrible it's disgusting because of the misdiagnosis is that why it takes so long yeah like i don't know why it affects one in ten women but i don't know why it's taken this many years to get so much exposure to it so march is national endometriosis month anyway um and there's been a lot more in terms of research and things like that but i'm just thinking the poor women that have suffered before me and you know doctors just don't pay them attention i'll just say it's a period you know have oh this is silly myth have a child and you'll be all right and you're like what i've got 
I've got to have I've got to give birth to a child to make myself feel better. But that's that's fake as well. Like that's not true. Only that would be like more painful as well. Yeah, but that, not I just obviously know. like child labor, but obviously with with the illness. I, I mean, with the illness, yeah, and it doesn't go. It's a very horrible myth that someone's made up somewhere. But you know. So what is the is there a solution? Is there a, like a cure? Unfortunately, there isn't a cure. So you can get it treated. The way, the only way it can be diagnosed and treated is by having a laparoscopy, which is where they go in your pelvis and do like, um, like they put a camera down and have a look to see what's going on. Um, so the first operation I had was about three years ago. They went in, I went through the NHS. It took me, it took me years because I had to wait for a gynecologist, you know, the, what the waiting times are like. I had to wait for a gynecologist and I had to wait for a specialist and they were making up all these excuses like you're young you know we don't want to go around there you're going to have children and I've always said how do you know if I want to have children first of all so everyone automatically assumes you're a lady you want to have children and I was like that's that's not an issue right now I would just want to get rid of the pain um so they went in and they found like a cyst on my ovary and they burnt that off and I felt a lot better um and then not that long after the pain came back and um, then I went private. So my parents had enough because the doctors were being ridiculous. I had such bad treatment, such bad treatment. I I used to go to the doctors and the, I had to go to a a few times. That's how bad the pain was. Um, and a lady gynecologist, not even a male. So a lady knows what a lady goes through. Oh, um, I don't think it's endometriosis. I think you just need to go back to your GP. And I'm on a hospital bed crying my eyes out and I'm like, Ibuprofen's not working, codeine's not working, tramadol's not working, and you're telling me that you want me to go back to my GP. So, and there's yeah. some serious, serious medication that you've just named as well, like zombie. Yeah, I can imagine. You turn into a zombie. That's why I had to quit work because the doctors didn't know how to deal with me, so they just kept on upping my medicine, and I was like, "This is not working." Like, yeah. I, I had to cancel my car insurance. Obviously, you're not allowed to drive. I had to quit work. And I was like in bed 24-7. And that's not a life. Do you know what I mean? It's it's horrible mentally as well. Oh my God, don't even get me started on how that affects you mentally. But um I can imagine like people obviously during like this lockdown and, and COVID and things, obviously saying like, oh, can't you can't go out, but at least you can move freely around your house. Do you know what I mean? But obviously mm-hmm. in the state that you were in, you, you can't really do that as well. Like if you're on them tablets, you as you said, yeah, you're pretty much like a zombie. It's it's not nice. So what how has it been since like how how have you sort of overcome that um like I said so when I went private I had like one of the best doctors in the country luckily he was only down the road from me he's in Birmingham so he was amazing he obviously the waiting times are so different as well so I got told yeah I can do an operation within three weeks he said ignore the NHS what they're saying that you're too young that's nonsense you know all this medication it's like putting a plaster on a broken bone that's what he was saying and it was true so I had an operation only within a few weeks of seeing this private doctor um, and he got rid of it all he said it was everywhere so imagine NHS are telling me I'm over exaggerating and then a doctor going in and saying we found it absolutely everywhere so he went in and he dug it all out felt so much better afterwards um, the way I, I don't know like I was pain-free for two years unfortunately it has come back but I'm more positive than last time because I know exactly the what route I'm going to take yeah I know exactly what it is how to deal with it the route I'm going to take but the way to, the way I deal with it is I would say like I'm a naturally positive person anyway so I never try and let things get me down because it's out of my control so I just try and you know positives like I'm very blessed that I can go private 
not many people can do that. I'm very blessed. I got to see one of the best doctors in the country and I'll get to do that again because I'm going to have to book another operation um, and things like gaming, like it just takes your mind off it. So, so the, the, sorry, the operation is, is basically like these walls that are enclosing or mm-hmm. growing. Sorry. Is it basically just going in and then like chiseling them down essentially? Yeah. So like you'll get like cysts and stuff like cysts will form yeah. and they'll form for example for me they formed on my ovaries my bowels my bladder it was everywhere and like he took pictures as well which is disgusting but when I looked at the pictures he even said he goes you're very strong and you wouldn't even though I was in a lot of pain he said I dealt with it really well because it was a really like it was so bad inside um so they go in and they kind of like dig it out from the roots so the specialists will go in yeah but I was so high off morphine when I woke up from the operation (laughs) that you know it sounds painful and it is but when they it's just unbelievable the pain when you don't have pain it's weird like at first you need to get used to being normal you're expecting like a twinge or something to happen but you just feel completely fine afterwards which is great um but um, yeah like i was saying unfortunately there's no cure for it it's just treatable so it can keep i'll try and stay positive but i could have this operation and then i don't know next year six months some ladies have had like 18 operations so it's basically just one of them things that like and as you said until you menopause that you might have to keep on going through it even after menopause that's what's horrible oh really so it can be that yeah and ladies have had hysterectomies so they've got rid of their womb and they're still getting the pain that's what's so horrible about it and that's why i'm shocked that there's not been a lot of research into it like imagine being in pain for that many years like it's and not just that i like i can understand if there wasn't research into illness that doesn't affect many people but if it's 10 percent of women that's that's quite a large percent of, of women if it is like one in ten as you say yeah it's one in ten and the more i've researched about it and the more i've spoken to women about it they've been like i think i've got that that's how bad it is so they'll go to the doctors and they'll say oh it's just a period but then when i sit them down and i say if this is how you're feeling if that's how you're feeling you need to you need to tell your doctor like when i did my research I had to tell my GP and tell my gynecologist, I know that this is what it is. And yeah. they were still in denial. But until I saw a specialist and went private, that's the only time where he was like, no, I agree with you. I 100% think that this is endometriosis. And that's just shocking because not everyone, like I keep saying, is blessed to be in my position. So the amount of women that are out there suffering, it's just not nice. And again, I think it's like, similarly to the i know this is going to be a very weird parallel but just stick with me here <laughs> similarly to the gaming thing of, of yeah. representation someone like speaking out about these topics as well because it is uh it is fairly i guess taboo should we call it in in our sort of um community and things but having these sort of conversations that don't normally happen when they could affect that many people is is an important thing to do do you know what I mean so like yeah. obviously credit to even the bbc as a network for having you on because they have a uh, obviously a massive like audience to to sort they of do, yeah. share that was, sort of experience yeah. i was really grateful because there's this lady called neelam who works for the sisters group sisters with like cysts not like sisters so oh okay yeah, right <laughs> a really good play on words yeah. and someone introduced me to her on twitter actually and she was I'm like i'm always thankful for her because she taught me so much so she works with like south asian women and asian sorry and people of color that you know because these communities don't talk about it and that confuses me because i'm like how can you not like if a woman's going if anyone's going through something you have to talk about it so i was really blessed that they asked me to be on the radio i was like oh my god i'm gonna be on the radio so this is like two three years ago i was so nervous like oh my god I, honestly i could have thrown up I was on the way to the studio and i was like oh my god, oh my god. Um, 
but afterwards I got so many compliments like my parents don't like talking about it I'm so glad you spoke about it I feel more confident now because I don't care like if if it needs to meet me talking about you know periods ovaries all this stuff I'll just say it how it is because that's the reality of it so I was on radio and I didn't hold back I just said exactly how it was because I've had to teach my dad about it I've had to teach my brother about it I've had to teach like male male people around me because they wouldn't know otherwise they didn't understand at first my dad and myself myself you've literally just taught me today so I didn't know too much about it beforehand that was good yeah because it could affect anybody like it can affect you know what I mean like any lady around you you have no idea what she's going through because everyone says to me when it first happened no like even my own family I can't blame them they just thought I was like trying to have a cop out like oh she doesn't want to do this because she's in pain she doesn't want to do that and I was like no seriously guys it's really painful and then um when I told them about it they were shocked because I could look like this yeah I've got makeup on do my hair whatever but really I'm dying inside like I'm just putting on a brave face because I can't I know that people care and I lo- I'm so grateful I've got all the support from my family but you feel bad for them because they can't physically do anything mm-hmm. so you don't want to tell them that you're in pain because I'm in pain 24 7 so it gets boring for me to be like yeah hi guys I'm pain again do you know what I mean yeah so, yeah you don't yeah. want to feel like a burden on other people yeah and even though I get told off I get told off on a regular from everyone around me like you have to tell us I'm like but yeah. it's not going to change anything do you know what I mean so um yeah just because someone looks a certain way you have no idea what's actually going on yeah it's it's not nice like, and as I say like these sort of taboo topics that shouldn't be taboo because they are natural sort of occurrences like I had um uh Ekum Godawal, who's like a female bikini competitor uh, she's okay. like a bodybuilder um and in that podcast it similarly to this one it took a turn and we were just talking about periods for like 20 minutes because <laughs> she uh she has like a lot of um online clients um and she she but there's a thing in south asian women specifically which is pcos which is quite mm-hmm. uh common mm-hmm. again i was oblivious to all of this until that conversation and she she like outlined how many south asian women it affects and and sort of the impacts that it has and and uh for her she like sort of went inside of like the diet and nutrition way because like a lot of her clients who suffer with that have regained their periods purely from manipulating their diet and nutrition which is an amazing thing but that that thing and I said it in that podcast and I'll say it again is like these conversations need to be hard because for me as like a, a a young male I have a mother I'm gonna have a wife in the future I may potentially have a daughter in the future as well mm-hmm. and if this com- like this conversation and I'm like oblivious to any of this and mm-hmm. one of them potentially have it and as you say like one in ten women have um endo- endo- endometriosis it's okay uh, yeah it's a it's I'm, a big I'm one still can't say it, so it's <laughs> endo I'll shorten it with yeah. endo or as uh Akam said PCOS also affects like a lot of South Asian women um which my future daughter will obviously be uh because of me (laughs) um if I don't know these things then it's going to be impossible for me to like sort of relate to that like to that situation if it ever occurs and not just myself like obviously friends family and x y and z but I think you need to have like you just can't be ignorant about these things like not not talking about them because you feel uncomfortable is going to be far less important when it's actually happening and it's the most important thing yeah. you know what I mean like right now like uh, uh, the most uncomfortable thing so we like right now it might be an uncomfortable conversation to have 
but it could prevent further uncomfortableness, I guess, in the future. Okay. I've probably butchered that, yeah, but yeah. I think like the I think my my point is made. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. If that makes sense. I think sense. it is. Yeah, it's really important to talk about it. Of course, like my brother was uncomfortable at first. My dad, you know what? It's like like you don't talk to your dad about certain things. Like mm-hmm. in in the um, Asian community, when you're on your period, you try and hide it from your dad, especially as much as possible, because you just brought up like that. But now I feel like I can talk to him. Like he'll ask me questions, and it's really nice that we've been able to break that barrier. So if anyone asks him as well. Um, because I did put on weight as well because you do like things like PCOS and your hormones you know how it is they, they fluctuate and you know you put on weight you lose weight all sorts so now like he's there to back me up so if anyone says anything he's like hang on a minute but she's suffering from this and he's a lot more comfortable talking about it because he's been there when I've been on the floor in pain and at first yeah it's, un- it's horrible to say it's uncomfortable but it's just is what it, the, the way it is because in our community our parents didn't probably at all speak about it to their parents you know they had to keep it really secret really hidden like oh you've got to hide your you know your tampons you've got to hide this you've got to hide that and it's like but every, like not every single lady goes through it but so many people so many people are going through it and it's so natural it's so natural like we have it every month we have a period every month do you not think to us like for god's sake we we're like here we go again do you know what i mean and then like i said earlier you have your period until you reach a certain age and then you go through menopause you can't there's just no break there's no break from it so the fact that you can't talk about it is really sad because that's your life like that's part of you so um yeah when i went on the radio i was like i don't care if any family members ever say anything to me i'll be like shove it this is what I, this is what i deal with this is what it is if you don't like it you don't like it but people need to talk about it because it helped me when i spoke to neelan from the sisters group she helped me incredibly and no one else was talking about it so no no and credit to you is, is again like reiterating like it, it's a natural thing it shouldn't be to be and if if somebody close to you is suffering through this and you don't even know what it is then like you can't help do you know I mean like you, you'll be ignorant and you should just educate yourself like we say that for everything like racism um sexism all the isms yeah <laughs> like mm-hmm. it is basically like if you're ignorant that's that's the main cause of it to educate yourself afterwards and then you should be you should be a bit more educated and you can sort of help out you can understand a bit more you can sort of cater around the person if they need it exactly. and this is just one more of them things like it is um is conversations that need to be had and i'll be honest like in the Acom podcast, in this podcast as well, I haven't expected to stumble upon these things, but I'm not shying away from it. Like I will. Yeah. The questions I've asked is literally just you want you need to know more information. Like if you can, because as I say, like it might affect somebody in my life going down the line. Like it's it's not something that I I thought I was going to speak about on mm-hmm. either podcast, but it's something that I welcome because if it does affect somebody that I care about um in the future, then at least I can sort of help the potential misdiagnosis and it'll save a lot of time and things like that like if you're aware of them because yeah. even Aiken was saying with PCOS is that similarly like a lot of them just get misdiagnosed you, they don't go through proper channels I think the problem with um and I don't want to bash the NHS because it isn't their problem like it isn't their fault so because they have been amazing through all of yeah. this pandemic and COVID mm-hmm. and things like it, they are a very good sort of establishment but there's just obviously not enough funding and there's not enough specialists. So what tends to happen is that when you go in, 
they'll have like the top results i guess like a, a google search i'm not saying it's as simple as a google search but as a as like a parallel of like right let's whack in a couple of symptoms this is what people most commonly suffer with yeah. so it's probably going to be this and then they'll work the way down the list because like if it is something that specifically um like pcos with south asian women that percentage of like it's not going to be up on that list is it it's going to be quite mm-hmm. far down so it's probably going to exactly. take a lot of misdiagnosis to get there um and, and it's just it's not fun like you said it's like the most common things isn't it so that's the first thing they'll think of that's the first thing on their mind so they want to clear that out which is understandable because they want to cross that out first do you know what i mean yeah it's it's fucked to be fair it's fucked um but I'm going to try to transition because that was a bit of a, of, a, of a deep topic. But during that time when, when you weren't very well, you obviously had more time to, to game and things. Yeah. And is this roughly around the period that you started streaming as well? Or was this? It was, it was. So like I said, people were encouraging me, like, if you're sat there, because the only thing I could really do when I had a bit of energy would just sit here and play a game, right? So um, I had people around me that were just like, why don't you just start streaming? And I just thought that was cool because I've always seen myself as different anyway. So I was like, why not? Why not just start? So it started off really small. I didn't have a webcam because you could, from the PlayStation, you could just stream directly. So I didn't have any cool layers or anything like that. It was just straight up. And then from there, when I started, when people started realizing it was me that was doing it, they were like, oh, well, that's cool and blah, blah, blah. And I just grew it from there, really. So it's been a lot of hard you don't think it's hard work so you see people just like go online like now so like I'm going to stream later on so if I just jump on now I can just press play but oh my god to get to that stage it's so hard the equipment you've got to use the editing you've got to do like the lighting the everything it's it's crazy but um yeah so that's that's how it all started because I wasn't very so that's what I mean I try and be positive and obviously I was in pain and it's really not nice but it gave me the chance and the opportunity to start something that I probably wouldn't have done otherwise. Creating a positive out of a negative. And yeah. again, similarly, for I, I'm, I'm trying to like have as many parallels because they just keep on coming up as like with the pandemic, that's why I started this podcast. But again, it's like turning that negative into a positive. So is, is Call, Call of Duty is the main game that you play, isn't it? Yeah. Warzone. It always has been Warzone at the moment, but Call of Duty since like Modern Warfare... Let me start again. Modern Warfare two days. It's always yeah. been Call of Duty. Always you never played COD four? I did. I played. I played them all. <laughs> what was the first COD that you like got heavily involved in? Was it Modern Warfare two or COD four? Um, I remember because I was I was still quite young. So Modern Warfare two probably. You know, like the co op missions that you could do mm-hmm. story mode. And then really, like, I loved Black Ops. Oh, my God, Black Ops 1 and Black Ops 2. I had so much fun. You, could, you know what it is? When you were younger, you had no responsibility. That's so it. when you think about it, you was like, that was the best time of my life. And I just used to have so much fun. And that's those were, like, really memorable ones for me, definitely. Black Ops 1 and Black Ops 2. Um, but then, obviously, this well, last year, Warzone came along at the perfect time. Oh, my God, they couldn't have got it any better. Yeah. And just whole year I've been playing Warzone I can't even lie that's all that's all I've been doing it's just on Warzone it was the best timing because like even for myself I took like a bit of a break from Call of Duty around Advanced Warfare I think it was yeah yeah because I was like that, that was dead like for me I yeah. just didn't like it so I just stopped playing and mm. then everyone was like oh you should get caught you should get caught and I was like no man like it's just it's just not as good as it it's was same yeah same I mean? and yeah. and then Warzone came out and then they were like no no just get this bit just Warzone by itself because it's free 
I was like, okay, like if it's free, <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like, oh, I, I it's 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 like it's not gonna cost me anything. It's mm-hmm. gonna have way bigger upside than any risk. So I was like, okay, because I feel like if you buy a game now as well, they're like sixty quid most of the time or something. I was like, it's too expensive. I made that mistake though. Oh, Sorry to interrupt you. I bought Cold War. Don't do it. If you're watching this, do not buy Cold War. It's terrible. And Which one's Cold War again? Cold oh, War the newest Black, one. The newest Black Ops. Oh my yeah. God, I wasted, I wasted my money. That's what I mean. Like these days, it's not the same. I don't know if it's also, like I said, to do with back then you were younger, you were carefree. So that makes a big impact on how you play a game as well. And plus, um, we weren't paying for it. Like, my parents paid for most of the true. games. Like, COD 4, I was like, what, 12? Yeah. Um, do you know what I mean? Modern Warfare. I didn't, I didn't have 40 quid to buy a game. It was, Mummy, can we go GameStop, please? Can yeah, we go yeah, Grange again? Wait for like your birthday or Christmas. Yes. So you'd have to wait for that. So, yeah. Um, yeah, those, just, yeah, I was just saying, don't buy Cold War because it's really bad. Some people might like it, but I felt like I wasted my money. And like you said, it's your own money as well. So you're like, oh my God. <laughs> yeah, I didn't, I didn't like it either. I got it from the back of like, because I got, got back into COD from Warzone. So then I ended up buying uh, the last one as well, whatever, Advanced Modern Warfare. No, Modern Warfare, yeah. yeah. Um, to Just to level up my guns for Warzone, basically, because I was like, this is too slow. I can't level anything up, like just yeah. by Warzone by itself. Because you only have like a couple of actual battles in a, in a game of Warzone. It's like uh, everyone's yeah. so far apart. You, you only come into contact with people so many times. And when you got the like worst guns, I was picking up like my mates loadout drops instead. They were like trying yeah, to get yeah. two and stuff. And like, yeah. it just was not working, wasn't working. <laughs> but um, yeah, like for me, it was, again, similarly to you, we had like a lot of consoles growing up. So I think my first memory of a console is like Sega Mega Drive. Mm-hmm. Sonic on that was, bad and then again playstation one two i didn't have playstation three i changed to xbox 360 everyone yeah and then i switched back to ps4 yeah yeah Yeah, that's a very common theme a lot of people did that yeah i don't know that playstation 3 was just which is a bit weird isn't it like xbox was just better at that time yeah i mean i've never played on xbox i've always been very loyal to playstation (laughs) oh no i was just like well i just basically got the console that most of my mates were on because I was like, I'm not playing by myself, so I may as well Makes just get sense. the console. But, um, so what, what what's, like, other than Call of Duty, what, what are you, other games that you play? Off stream, on stream? Um, I'm really boring at the moment, I can't lie, because I have so much fun on Warzone and all my friends are on it. Um, I've started to play Battlefield again, so I really like Battlefield 1, and Battlefield 6 is coming out soon, and I'm so excited for that. As you can tell, I love first-person shooter games. Yeah. Um, I do want to do a lot more. So I've recently bought um, Assassin's Creed. So I want to play that. So my next kind of thing is to play story mode games on stream. I thought that would just be different because everyone's doing the same. Yeah, yeah. Uh, everyone's streaming the same stuff, but I just have so much fun. <laughs> so I'm trying to branch out and I do want to play like story mode games and stuff as well. Yeah, we had this conversation quite recently, I think as well, like when we were speaking back uh, before this is, yeah. I think that is good though, because a lot of a lot of streamers do have that sort of campaign thing, because you can interact with the audience a bit better as well. I think that's why most of them so do much it. Better. Yeah, it's hard. Like when you're when you're on walls and you're trying to concentrate, and sometimes your chat is popping off, and you feel so <laughs> rude, and you're like, oh, I can see you, I can hear you, just please, just wait, just be patient with me. So you know, because you've really got to concentrate. So I do definitely want to try chill vibe, you know try something new no 100 yeah um as as like call of duty lobbies as growing up in them myself probably got <laughs> probably got a, a lot of shit like obviously i i use my real name uh i didn't oh, have to say 
on on uh, yeah i made that mistake when i was signing yeah. up for my xbox account and all that banter obviously i had to sing in the name and and um if if you killed anybody or anything you you get an instant message saying packy cunt or whatever like you're terrorists and all that stuff and even in the in the game lobbies themselves everyone's got their mics and they're shouting uh, yeah, at, before at party chat times. Yeah, I remember game chat was the only thing you could chat on. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. So, did you uh, did you get any of that stuff? Did do people obviously like when I was younger, my voice hadn't broken, so people thought I was a girl anyway. Yeah, yeah. but do we actually being a girl? Did people notice I've that? I've got thing? some really funny stories. I've got some really funny stories. <laughs> yeah, let's hear them. So, because they don't expect even now, it's really bad. Obviously, many people don't expect women to play whatever, but they do. There's a massive, massive women's game community but the running joke for me is a lot of the time people think I'm a 12 year old boy so I've had that comment so it's like a running thing between my friends as well so people will be like your balls haven't dropped yet and I'm like I don't know how many balls <laughs> so it makes me laugh so I think games like that it can you know you've got to have thick skin so like that's why nothing really bothers me because I have experienced abuse over games and it makes me laugh like everything makes me laugh anyway but the running joke between me and my mates is oh Sim you sound like a 12 year old boy and your balls haven't dropped like that's what I get and then when they realize I'm a woman they're like shit like I just didn't expect that so yeah that's funny I love it I love it though so I was gonna say like there's our like generation I guess is called snowflakes and things but I don't know how because we were raised in that like in them gaming lobbies like we've heard some shit (laughs) we have heard some shit and like like I said even though I'm a lady um I'm practically a guy anyway like I'm literally a dude honestly at heart I'm a guy like I'm such a dude so I have experienced it all I've heard like some stories and you know like like you said in game chat the shit sorry that people throw at you and you're just like oh my god like (laughs) but you'd end up having like a normal conversation forgetting that you're in a game if that makes sense like so like if if like a party joined with like two or three lads in it or something and they're just speaking you'd end up just hearing their natural conversation so they'll be having like a what is now like a party chat conversation but they'll be having it in game like obviously back in them days so you just hear about like oh i was doing this last night and and all that banter so then people would join in like it happened to me so i was playing resurgence on call of duty and we was in game chat because i think game chat and resurgence is hilarious you meet the funniest people but i was in game chat and i was talking to my mate and i was like yeah i'm on a diet i've eaten salad and this guy unmuted his mic he was like can you like shut up about your diet please and concentrate on the game i was like who the hell do you think you are and i forgot for a sec that he could hear me we made friends afterwards though because we won the game so he was like oh ggs and i was like ggs bro <laughs> that is it it's, it could either go two ways it's either like they'll join in in a positive way and like be like oh yeah i was i'm gonna die as well or it goes like <laughs> yeah. or the other way and be like you guys a fuck about you know <laughs> so yeah, i think it's it very funny two ways, but it's, to me like that's what i mean like i find the stupidest things funny as well which I'm just always creasing. I'm all like, if you've seen my stream, I'm literally laughing 99.9. If less, I'm con- really concentrating. I'm just in stitches all the time because I always see the funny side of things. So it helps, you know. It is the best way. Like, like um, I have like obviously the couple of mates that I uh con- like constantly play with um or play with more often, I guess. Yeah. 
we obviously just end up it ends up being serious at the beginning and then holly holly as the night goes on you just end up saying that the weirdest weirdest conversations come out of like like what do you rather is or if you were in this situation what would you do sort of thing it's like yeah. but that situation is going to be like something so vogue like yeah. it's never ever ever going to actually happen but you end up just having that slow like divulgence into a weirdest conversations yeah. effort it's true it's true and as the later it gets the crazier these conversations get. and the thing is obviously like so I'm a female but I've heard it all I've got so many guy mates and I am always in these conversations and I hear the craziest things don't affect me now by the way like guys can talk about absolutely anything and I'm just they're like really like tell me more because I'm really into it and average girl will be like that is disgusting but I'm like no carry on carry on with the story this is juicy keep going so like yeah but I was gonna say as well like with with gaming and, and I know a lot of my mates as well it's helped so much through lockdown like mentally like ment- obviously we, we're really big on mental health now because it has affected the majority of us and it's horrible but that's the only interaction some people get you jump online and you chat to your mates because you can't see them mm-hmm. so it's nice to know that because i know with guys as well that they're trying to make um, it more normalized to speak about it and myself just being around my guy mates they've started to talk about it you know you're playing a game and they will talk about their mental health like how are you feeling today and whatever and i feel like gaming is just like really helped them it's given them something to do and you're concentrating on a game so you're not fully into the conversation but you're also discussing things that you wouldn't really discuss otherwise so mentally i think it's really helped 100 i think as as we said before like warzone came out a perfect time because people who might not like most people actually were casual like gamers or like didn't even game that much but when it came out because it was lockdown as well it was like the biggest game everyone's inside the house everyone like sort of gets that nostalgic feeling of five ten years ago when you'd all like jump yeah. on after school or whatever and play playstation yeah. but obviously as you said as well then like and, and we sort of mentioned before is that these conversations just end up coming out because you're playing for such a long time and then someone just mentions the one thing and you sort of go down that rabbit hole and then someone mentions another thing and you go down that rabbit hole so and it is like a big um a big way that lads do speak to each other and obviously like as we said in if in like a public lobby maybe it's more a bit more quote-unquote toxic maybe like it's it's a bit more like oh let's just try to get a laugh and sort of hammer somebody like and get like you can say the worst thing to someone that's what it is isn't it yeah yeah but then when you're in like your your private chats or your party chats then um i think because you you're playing with your friends it's like people that you actually know most of the time uh you you end up having like a bit more serious conversations which is really Mm -hmm. good I think it's really good. I like it. Like, obviously, we were. I, I am saying that a lot of women are playing, but that's how I started with my guy mates. Mm-hmm. So when my guy mates are talking about it, I love it. I'm, I'm encouraging of it. I'm like, yeah, talk. Do you know what I mean? Like, I try and bring it up as well because I know it's a lot harder for them to bring it up. But then they've helped me as well because of my pains and everything. And then lockdown really affected me. The second time around, bloody hell, it, it hit me like a truck. Like, it's so mm-hmm. hard. But having like people around me and being able to say oh you're jumping on eight o'clock and then everyone will just come online and it's nice because it's your escape from your little world and everyone just checks up up on each other so that's it's i think it's really important and it's really nice exactly and it's like for me when when like pre-lockdown all that thing like when i'm actually like out and about with my mates or anything like i'm the type of person that let's do an activity if we're going to do like a catch up between a group of friends, let's mm-hmm. do something and then talk. Cause I don't like, you know, like when you go have a meal and, and just, it's a bit too intense. Sometimes mm-hmm. like for me personally, anyway, like let's have an activity and then do a meal because when we're doing the activity, half of the deeper conversations end up just coming out, but yeah. they're not too intense because you might be 
having a bowling thing or like at the golfing range or, yeah. or something like that like you can sort of do the activity and have the have the conversation which is for, for me it's like the best way of having like catch-ups um and obviously everyone's not like that but for me it, it's and it's it's weird because like this as a podcast is very much the opposite it's basically just like the most intense conversation with nothing yeah. else and there's no distractions <laughs> is literally just like one-on-one boom let's have a very deep conversation mm-hmm. but not like normally i end up going like uh doing like an activity and that's what the playstation is mm-hmm. um okay we've mentioned like streaming and <clears throat> That's a thing that would get picked up on at a, uh, a Call of Duty lobby is the voice cracks. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. but um, I'm keeping that in. Um, <laughs> another thing that we mentioned though is uh, streaming and and Twitch. So obviously mentioned how you started, um, and in lockdown, obviously it got a bit more intense. Should we call it? It escalated. Um, it grew. All of them sort of synonyms. Um, so for anybody who doesn't know what Twitch streaming is, how would you explain it? I'm really bad at explaining <laughs> let me just I'm sorry I apologize in advance um but so what you can do is you you basically you, if you're watching you can sit and watch someone else play a game and when you say that sometimes you think what like people will say why do you want to do that but you know what it's so nice because you make new friends you get to watch how they're playing you pick up tips you pick up tricks you know even if it's just a catch-up like I get people in my stream and they're just how's your day and it's so nice just one sentence if, if say if you popped into my stream and was like hey how are you how's your day the fact that you've taken your time to click on my link and sit and watch for a little bit it's just so nice and you know you're very supportive of the streamers as well so you know there's there's massive streamers out there like nick Merckx, who's huge and he gets like millions of people watching his streams but he has he has a laugh when he's doing it and there's just something about watching other people having a good time it kind of cheers you up as well and like knowing you're supporting them is like it's it's a big you might not think you're making an impact but i can speak from experience when like i said earlier when i get messages afterwards because you've done it you said it to me once you said i'll oh, watch your stream and it was really good and i was like you did that you joined my stream that's so sweet like it, it's just crazy so yeah it's it's basically people are just um just you can watch some people have a webcam so you can watch them playing their games and you know it, it's just it's just fun it's just a lot of fun and it's people have turned it into full-time work which is unbelievable imagine having to play games for work every day that's just like the dream, that's the dream. it is the dream um, it is the dream so but what's really nice and i had to mention i had to put this in there because there are so many brown people that are streaming and like you said you didn't know if you were ignorant to it i was ignorant to it when i started on twitch i didn't know any many asian people that do it oh my god there's loads of us there's so yeah. many of us australia new zealand mr singh from new zealand only jot on twitch i'm going to shout him out because he's from new zealand and i was like oh my god you're crazy like i can't believe it. he'll tune into my stream from new zealand you know and i'll watch his there's people from canada there's people from america all over the world and everyone is so supportive no matter what your time zone is I know every time I stream, at least one person from Canada will, on, will be on America news. It's crazy. And if, if I can't sleep, the first thing I'll do, I know this might sound a bit sad, but the first thing I'll do is I'll just jump on Twitch and just being in someone's stream, just saying hi to them. Hi, I can't sleep, but I know it's afternoon over there for you. They're so grateful. And it's so nice to know that you're supporting someone and supporting their dream. And even though we're all doing the same thing, no one doesn't want to see anyone else win, if that makes sense. No, 100%. 
that makes sense because mm-hmm. I've had this conversation before on the podcast as well. Is that I think that um the the maybe the previous generation's attitude like of like an Indian community as as a as as a whole is sort of like a, a, a really bad for this of like nazar or evil eye of like you mm. don't want to show too much because if somebody's successful that means the other person can't be or there's like negative like envious feelings and yeah. and i think that sort of now is is going away purely because of the internet because it's not mm. like right the property game is probably one of the easiest examples because indians are in a property and there's a finite amount so yeah. if an indian person buys a city center property another indian person might be jealous of that because that property is now gone mm. where whereas um on on the internet there was infinite resources so it's not like the and if if anything it's the opposite so the viewers who will watch you will watch the other indian watch streamers everybody else, yeah. exactly so it's like it's it's not like there's a limited amount you're not fighting for anything there's no clashing if anything mm-hmm. we've seen on like youtube and things collaborations actually tend to benefit both parties mm-hmm. do you know what i mean because then your audiences know about each other and things like that so i feel like with with the internet and things it's become a lot a bit less competitive on that side like you're you're not vying over the same people's attention because there's enough there's so well, many of us yeah there's so many and it's it's until this day like i've been doing it for a couple of years the fact that we all know each other it feels like we're all like one big family which is mm-hmm. so so nice you know that they will tune into your street like i said even if they just turn it on and just have to carry on with the rest of their day because that viewer makes a difference to you and you know the way you earn your money and you the way you can monetize from it but the fact that someone will go out of their way to do that and we all can't wait when lockdown's over i don't know how it's gonna happen but we've also we're all gonna meet up we're <laughs> all trying to find the middle point between all these countries and like, i can't wait that i can't wait to like meet all these people like it's crazy like all over like all over the world it's mad and everyone is so supportive i haven't met anyone that isn't and even though i'm a female i don't think i've ever actually got and i wanted to touch on this as well people always ask me like oh you're a girl like do you get hate for being a girl do you get hate for doing what you do but i've never i think once someone would have been very ignorant but the gaming community is so accepting of absolutely everybody because it's not about what you look like do you know what i mean to be fair i think like I think it's because most people who get in deep into gaming are rejects, and I'm not saying that as like a as as a dig. I'm not saying <laughs> because because like I have as well. Do you know what I mean? Like as in sometimes when like you see a lot of the big gamers aren't they're not the popular kid in school. Let's be real. Yeah. yeah like and I'm saying this as a person who wasn't the popular kid in school and so, f- found like a safe haven on on yeah. gaming. Do you know what I mean? Like you haven't got like friends to go out and play with you go on xbox and you go on multiplayer whatever and i'm not saying this to be like sob story-ish or anything but it is just it is just the case um and i think that's why it's so inclusive is because most of the time like when the general society and broader society isn't inclusive gamers are because they're the ones that general society sort of kicked out if that makes sense and i know it sounds like really harsh and saying it but it's like it isn't as harsh as I'm saying it, but it is also reality. It's true. It is true. I think that's why people are shocked that I've done it. So, like, they look at me and they think, nah, she, like, why? Do you know what I mean? And I'm just mm-hmm. like, I just have, like, like I always say, I'm just there to have a good time. Like, I have so much fun. So people are shocked when I turn around and I say, yeah, this is what I do because they don't expect someone that looks like me, you know, I'm an Asian female, like, to be gaming, but... I just have the time of my life. I just have a good time. And everyone's so nice. Like I said, I don't, You like we say, it gets toxic when you're talking to random people, but that's just because it's like, it's horrible to say, but it's just the way it is. Like people, yeah. you accept it. When you're a gamer, you accept it. You know, 
how it is. But um, when I've met people and I've become friends with them through gaming and stuff, everyone has been so, so supportive. And like I said, with the whole Asian community, a lot of women are in gaming as well. There are a lot of us. So you'll see now there's tournaments. There was a tournament yesterday, unfortunately, I couldn't join, but it was like customs war zones for women, ladies, ladies only, this, that, and the other. And it's so cool. I'm just like, woo, girl. It's just so nice. Like I've met girls through gaming that, I never would have known otherwise like I don't know why my friendship group and stuff like no no none of my friends like zero <laughs> none of my girlfriends play I wish they did but I've met like girlfriends through gaming which is really really nice it's a grow. I think it's growing as a whole just because the actual gaming industry is growing as well so like obviously mm-hmm. like I, I relay this to most things it's percentages game it's like if there's 10% of women who play games and there was a million people playing games five years ago but now there's five million people playing games then that percentage yeah. automatically is going to increase like the, the yeah. not the percentage sorry the number of people doing it is, is automatically going to increase but again like I think that it becomes like a when you can see other people doing it then it becomes more sort of like okay well if she's doing it and she's proud about it then I can sort of tell people that I'm doing it as well because there'll be like a lot of quote unquote closet gamers who who will yeah. play games, but just don't really say it too much because they're like, oh, um, and it's that thing again of like the Indian community of like lucky, you're getting gay sort of yeah, thing, do you know I mean? But I know that there's people that I'm related to that probably look at me like, what is she doing? But I literally, I don't care. Like they can carry on looking at me like that because I am just having a good time. And I know that you, I was telling you this before, you know, the way I had to break it to my parents. Oh, yeah. I, wanted to, I wanted to touch on this because oh, this is such God. a funny story. <laughs> oh my God. So obviously like when I'm on stream, unfortunately I, I don't feel blessed enough to be able to go on stream without doing my hair and makeup. It's just my kind of thing. I just like doing that. So I would say to like my family, I'm busy now and I'd lock my door or if I need to go to the toilet, I'd walk out and I'd be wearing like, you know, just a normal, or even just a jumper, but not like my pajamas. And I have like a full face of makeup. <laughs> I'd have like a full face of makeup, my hair's done. And my mom's just looking at me like, what is she doing? I can hear her talking to people and she's got her webcam. I can see the light. She's got a light on in the background, all these screens, like what is she doing? And then she never confronted me. She just went straight straight to my sisters. And she was like, like, I, I think she's like doing something naughty in there. Like she's, she dresses up and everything. And I was like, mom, I'm playing a goddamn game. Like I'm just there. And she just didn't understand at first. Like she, I don't know what, you, well, you can use your imagination. <laughs> she probably thought I was doing some next thing on a webcam. And I was like, I mean, I am live streaming on a webcam, but. No, that type of way. <laughs> not that on a webcam. I was like, I'm just sat there, mom, playing a game. And she didn't understand. She's like, people watch you. I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. She's like, what? My sisters were like, mom was genuinely concerned. Like my sisters had to call me and say, what are you doing in your room at late at night with your makeup on, talking to people? <laughs> Oh my God, it was so embarrassing. I was so embarrassed. So it was hard at first to like say to them, you know what I mean? Because they're not used to it. You know what our parents are like? Like this generation, especially because of lockdown, everyone's got, you know, like, okay, I'll say everybody, but a lot of people have had to use like Zoom for work and stuff. So their equipment's gone bigger, you know, they've got Mm -hmm. monitors, screen, everything. So at first my parents were like, seriously, what are you doing? Like, where are you getting the money as well from to buy all this stuff? But when I explain it to them, they're like, okay. And, but before I broke it to my mom, I remember because my cousin watched me and when lockdown eased a bit and you could do like 15 people at a wedding, my cousin got married and my mom didn't know. 
that mm. I was streaming. So my cousin went up to my mum and she was like, wow, Simran's doing really well with her gaming stuff. Like, I'll watch her all the time. And my mum was like, what are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, it, is, it is jokes. Like, I think I said to you as well, like, uh, in the build-up to this, when you told me that story, yeah. uh, which is definitely going to be snipped up and used in the trailer to this, because it's just too funny. <laughs> um, but uh, I was saying that one of my cousins as well, he's not even 30, to be fair, but uh, I think, like, he's around 30. Um, but he's, like, the, you know, like, he's, he's, he's just not into gaming. He obviously was when he was a kid, but he's just not into gaming or that world, yeah. And then randomly, just out of the blue, I got this text in, uh, Gov, who's um who's Vicstar? <laughs> like, oh yeah, I, <laughs> Sorry. I, like, I had to sort of explain to him who Vicstar was. Yeah. Uh, and, and to be fair, when I was saying before, like there's not many brown gamers. Like he is one of the six that is, he's one of the six at the highest level. Like if anything, he's like one of the best. And with Warzone as well. Yeah, as well. He's been on daytime television. Exactly. He's he's bordering mainstream. And and yeah. um, when when you sort of see him and then. I goes to my parents, I was like, well, I didn't even know this yet. So my cousin told me this because apparently my cousin went to the same school, uh, same uni as like Vic Stars brother or something. And that's why, um, that's why he was asking us or or somebody he knew went to his uni or something like that. And then he's like, so what does he do? I was like, and again, I was like, he plays games and other people watch him. (laughs) And it's like, so how does he make money? And then like, I had to go down and break the financials down of like, this is how, like, this is all the streams of revenue that you can make and, and all, and X, Y, and Z, like you can have YouTube, Twitch, uh, and, and sort of leverage your content to uh, get across platforms and things like that. And he was like mind blown. He was like, oh, why doesn't everyone do it? It's cause it, obviously, cause it doesn't, it, it's not like there is a, it's still like the 1%. So he is the 1% at the top of this field. And like, there will be a lot of people trying to get up there. Like Ninja was a few years ago and, and things like that. But um, it was just a really funny conversation to have because he's the last person that I expect. And it was just completely out of the blue. <laughs> but going back to the streaming thing. So like the way that I explained Twitch to him mm-hmm. is that you have like, obviously, as he said, like, why do people want to watch another person play games? Mm-hmm. But it's the argument that I use is like, okay, why do you watch Premier League football? Do you know what I mean? You, there's there's people who can like play football at a much higher level than you, and you watch because it's more competitive, it's at the highest level, it's more entertaining. And then you can sort of break down streamers, and I see it as two categories of like there's either the competitive players and you watch them purely for like learning things because most of them aren't really entertaining, I'll be honest. Yeah then there'll be the entertaining, like the entertainers. Mm-hmm. Um, and and then you get the rare people that are in the middle, which are highly competitive and entertaining. And they're normally the ones that are like right at the top. So Ninja, for example, yeah. for Fortnite, he was really entertaining, but he was also winning all these tournaments and then he gets propelled to like a next level. Yeah. Then you've got Vicstar, who in these Warzone Wednesdays last year was winning, but obviously everyone knows him from the sidemen and, and that sort of entertaining side of him as well. Yeah, it's yeah. sort of the way that I explained to him. And it is a, it's really good that obviously he's representing as well. Um, that's it. So the brown culture and, and recently got to give a hats off to him. Cause I went in the comments and the abuse he was receiving. He did a tweet about the farmers protest. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he yes. Did. And I was like, yo, that like credit. Cause one, like you don't really have to as, yeah. as everybody else doesn't really have to, but too when I went into them like his audience obviously is a lot younger and, and he's got a big Different mainstream yeah, yeah but he's got a lot of mainstream Indian audience as well like the non-Sikhs I'll, I'll say and a lot of them were going 
in on him and and he replied he only replied to one of them i think and he just put that reply at the top and yeah. he goes look i'm not saying it's a simple solution it's a very complex matter but there should be awareness of of, of what's yeah, going yeah. on which was a big up Smooth to you to that. that's what i mean like if i ever hope to do one day <laughs> make it big i'll always want to stay grounded and make sure i raise awareness for certain things as well so it's it's really big of him to do that because like you said the gaming world it's fun but it's very 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 toxic you get mm-hmm. really toxic people so the fact that he just didn't care and just tweeted about it anyway is really really good i think but- he, he actually tweeted the link to the petition as well mm-hmm. that's what it was um and and like fair play because eventually it did get signed uh it, it did get spoken about in parliament mm-hmm. and you never know like how much of a role he's had to play in that because it, it required a hundred thousand signatures his audience is millions do you know what I mean so yeah it's it's ridiculous um but i thought that was cool sorry to interrupt you i thought that was cool because like we said he's got a whole different demographic as well so mm-hmm. with me obviously what i've noticed and i understand that a lot of people are raising awareness which is great but i feel like we're all raising it within our own little bubble so we all know each other and we all know what's going on but we're still i get everyone is doing it for the right reasons you know you want to raise awareness you want people to see but what I like is obviously when I'm gaming I don't have my audience is so mixed it's just also what I love so I'll get people of all all types of color all over the world so it's not just obviously the my, my main audience are Asian Asian people but I, you know I've got people from all over the world watching so when I post things like that on my Instagram I've had like five six messages of people that had no idea what it is mm-hmm. and I've got to raise awareness for it which I think is really really cool so th- that's why I love Vicstar for doing what he did because I thought it was really important so um you know I won't like shove it in people's faces but if I find like interesting facts or if I feel like something's moved on with a farmer's protest or something may just happen I'll always post it and what's super cool is I'll have some like Gordo from America saying I don't know what this is and they'll ask me questions and the fact that you know I've made a slight tiny difference you know so someone's aware aware of it I think that's you know 100% because up and they know about up and it do you mean Indians know about Indians for people who are from Indian descent know about the farmers protest but it's it's reaching them wider audiences which is mm-hmm. like obviously why the Rihanna tweet was was so important as well so because crazy, yeah. it's it, it creates like awareness elsewhere like and i don't think i don't know if anybody noticed or not but for myself the weekend that i posted the farmers protest podcast that i did which is trying to raise awareness the reason i put emphasis of making it all in english translating anything that either of the guests said into english having as many western parallels as possible is because i had already recorded the podcast that i did with adam collard which is one of my childhood friends so so that's how that podcast came about and mm-hmm. i knew that there's going to be an audience that listens to him from love island and his mm-hmm. and his fitness background um but the, the literally the day before i posted the farmers put us one because if anybody ends up listening to any other thing they'll listen it to that make one. sense to them yeah and it would make sense that's really good yeah, exactly really so good. Yeah. i don't know if uh, obviously it had that impact or not and the cool thing is obviously as he was my friend he he posted that podcast to his audience yeah. uh we shared it and he had been resharing a lot of farmers protest stuff before that that i was just pinging him uh pinging him that i found so mm-hmm. again big up to him as well because obviously he's got like a complete different love island audience to whole different demographic yeah as we were talking about like vic star there and as you sort of mentioned it beforehand is that people obviously make money off streaming and this is one of the things that i had to explain to my cousin as we were speaking about before mm-hmm. um sort of if you could 
the best of your ability uh, <laughs> uh, if you could sort of explain that side of things as well okay so um you can stream normally off twitch so you what, what you have to do is you have to reach affiliate status on twitch and the reason sorry the way you do that is by having a consistent um three i think it's three average viewers you have to have and you have to reach 50 followers so it's really not that hard which i like about twitch um to start earning money and once you've reached that it's the case of if people are into your stuff they can just subscribe to you so every month like if you've got amazon prime i think it's like half price but um or a free sub there there you go um and if not it's about it's 5.99 so it's about six pound a month you can subscribe to someone and um that is how you know they make their money from twitch as well so if you like their content and if you're enjoying yourself it is nice to support other people because these things are not cheap as well like i was saying earlier your monitors your sound systems your lighting like that's why people think it's so easy just to press play but it's behind the scenes it's you would know because you're doing a podcast it's crazy the setup and everything is crazy so I did start off with like a really small setup but as months have gone on like every month I'll buy myself something nice like just to go streaming like I'm, on my Instagram as you've seen I've majorly upgraded recently <laughs> which is quite cool and I thought it was about time so um yeah that's that's how you make your money and you know if people recognize you if brands recognize you it's just like it is on Instagram if brands feel like you know you you'd be a good asset to them they'll approach you and you can partner with them you know you can work with them it's actually really cool the opportunities that you can gain from it it's crazy and because of lockdown as well a lot of gaming companies are trying their best to push out so much out there because they're making so much money like imagine mm -hmm. how much money they're making right now so it's quite cool that they're recently Elgato so there are a couple of ladies of color actually um, that I've seen have recently partnered with Elgato so that's the software that I use as well to hook up my stream into my PlayStation and so ju just for anybody who doesn't know, Elgato is um, a thing that you connect into whatever device you're gaming on and it will basically mimic that onto a software and that's what people will see on your screen. So when you see a person playing a game, you'll probably have the main screen is whatever their game is. Uh, so for example, we've been talking about Call of Duty and then in one of the corners, um, you'll have like a face cam, which is where you can see the person speaking and talking and what they look like. Mm -hmm. um, Sorry, just in case people didn't know. No, no, that's you will explain it so much better than me. I'm glad you got to do that, and I didn't. Have to do that. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, so things like that. So they've they've um, you know, started to take on women as well, which is super super cool because I think they want to be really inclusive. So that's the, that's the goal for me as well. Like if I can partner up with these people because I am really passionate about it. Like yeah, I have a good time and it is fun. You get to meet people. Um, I'm really I finally found something in this was my problem I never really had anything I was good at if that makes sense or maybe mm -hmm. I did and I just never knew but um I finally found something I'm good at I enjoy like I've set it all up um if I can make money from it if I can make a career from it excellent like I would love to do it so that is the goal you know you you want to you want to do something you enjoy so that is how we make our money and that money does for me personally and a lot of people a lot of people in their streams will put a sub goal so if you're donating to them or you're subscribing to them they will tell you what that money is going towards mm -hmm. so a lot of the time it's going towards someone's setup just so that they can stream more consistently it'll be better quality so these things always go back into streaming um so yeah that is how you make your money really and so how much uh, does amazon take from um like a, a sub 
So for anybody, again, anybody who doesn't know, Twitch is owned by Amazon. That's why one uh, as, as part of your Amazon Prime subscription, you can give one free subscription to any Twitch streamer. But how much do it so out of that six pounds does Amazon take? I think it's half. I think they do take half of you. Oh, really? Okay. I think so. It's really bad that I don't know the answer to this question because I just you yeah, know, you stream <laughs> and hope for the best. To be yeah. fair. No, but, but see, uh, I, th I think the thing is, is that most streamers, and I think this is... Uh, and unless you are like a, a basically an already established social media influencer or something of the sort mm -hmm. uh, and then create a twitch stream as another source of income uh, which fair play to you but most of the time they're not actually good at street like gaming or anything it's just more maybe like um another cash grab most yeah. of the people who are actually like smaller streamers are, aren't really thinking of the financial aspect i think when they start like yeah. for yourself like you started and i think this is a good thing that you were in the position of having streamed for three, four years before this pandemic hit and streaming became a lot more popular. Yeah. You were already established, whereas like, I think most people came into it as, as part of Ninja's deal. Like Ninja got these million pound deal, multi-million pound deal, crazy. Uh, which is crazy. But um, I think that's what like most people who are streaming don't do it for the finances initially. Like it's more just like the passion. And then obviously afterwards, if it happens, it happens. If it happens, yeah, exactly. And that's how it kind of happened with me. Um, I started because I was unwell. I didn't, even though I wasn't working, I didn't think, oh, this is now going to be the way I earn my money. It just kind of happened. And, you know, it's better to be a lot more authentic about it because people know, like when you're watching people, you know when they're being authentic or when they're not. So it is nice, the fact, you know, that people, like I keep saying, take their time out and think, you know, I like their content, I'm going to support it. So that's how it's kind of happened. Um, yeah, because yeah, there's there's one example that I'm thinking of at the moment, and I can't remember who it was, but it was like this, uh, like this fitness model or this model Instagram influencer person from America. Mm -hmm. I think, I can't remember who it was, but on Twitch stream, she was like, right, it's been like two minutes and I haven't had a new sub now. Like, <laughs> I'm not talking to you for free like you should be paying me for like my time on Twitch and it's like that's uh, like I remember a lot of fit uh, not fitness sorry, uh, a lot of Twitch streamers <laughs> can't have a bit of fun in sorry he likes to sit in his basket on my cupboard yeah <laughs> <laughs> a lot of like streamers and things obviously came in and was like that's not what we do it for we do it like obviously because we have a passion for gaming mm. and if that happens it happens but it's not like like the, the money side of things if it happens it happens but it's not the main yeah. priority I want to say it was like Amanda Sooney or something like that. Um, I think I've heard. It was did this happen recently? Yeah, it was like during yeah, the pandemic. I I was, yeah, I think I, was, I think I know what you're talking about. It's a proper shady clip. You should go if anybody like wants to. Uh, they could find it on the internet very easily. Um, but it was one of them very very weird situations. But um, if if okay if I could like sort of explain like the financial side a bit more in, yeah. in depth like you did a very good job so well done <laughs> but <laughs> if i could just supplement it let's say yeah, yeah. so obviously you've got like your your twitch stream but mm -hmm. this is this isn't for yourself exactly this is for anybody who wants to follow like a a gaming blueprint of like where finance finances could come from and as i say i had to explain this to my cousin so it was it's really like easy for me to like regurgitate what i said to him yeah. Yeah. but like for example a twitch streamer and twitch isn't the only gaming stream platform there's like youtube and other things but twitch is obviously one where like i think it's just a bit more established i guess as a gaming platform mm -hmm. um you've got your subscriptions and that'll be from twitch itself and you, you can also have like followers and just general people who will watch which they don't uh pay as far as i'm aware um yeah, towards yeah. towards like yourself there's no like additional ad revenue if you have like 
X amount of people watching your stream, is there? No, the, the only thing is, like I was saying, so you, you go on Twitch and you're just a regular Twitch streamer. When when you've hit certain, um, when, you've, when you've hit the um, criteria, mm-hmm. you'll hit affiliate, yeah. And then the next step up from that is partner, but that is out of my reach at the moment i'm gonna get there but you have to have things like an average of 75 viewers so you've gone from an average of three to an average of 75 obviously it's a partner program so it's understandably why what Um, what's the other differences like what why is it so you earn more you earn more money and obviously if you've got an average of 75 viewers you're obviously very good at what you do or you're very entertaining so a lot of benefits come with that um so that's the difference between affiliate and and partner um and yeah, uh, once you've re- reached affiliate, you can get donation. If people are feeling like, you know, they want to donate to you, they can also do that. Yeah, I've seen some mad donations on Twitch. Like, it's it's crazy. Like, you, have you seen Mr. Beast on YouTube? Um, I don't think I have. Mate, watch it. He's got like 60, 70 million subscribers. He's a, he's honestly, he's a nutter. He just gives away money. And, and that's his, like, basically his content. It's crazy. Um, But yeah, so you can get donations. You can get... Uh, subscriptions um and then the way you can leverage your sort of content is that when you record a stream there is a thing on twitch which means you can't recycle your uh any content from your stream for like i think 24 hours or something so it can't be duplicated because mm. i remember yeah. there's tra- people trying to do youtube and twitch at the same time and it, yeah, it just can't. it wasn't you can you can if you're not an affiliate once you become an affiliate to twitch you can't multi-stream so you right. so if you're not an affiliate, you can stream on YouTube and Facebook because there's Facebook gaming and Twitch yeah. at the same time. But when you're affiliated with Twitch, that's it. Then you're st- not stuck with Twitch because Twitch is a really, really good channel to be able to earn money from. But um, that's when you, you're solely with Twitch. Because you have to sign like a proper contract to do it. Yeah, you have to sign it. So they ask obviously for all your details. Once you've hit that affiliate status, you go through forms online mm-hmm. um, and you have to agree to terms and conditions. It's, it's, it's a lot. Yeah. <laughs> But what you can do is say, for example, if you have a really good game on Warzone, you can clip that part of the stream and upload that onto, for example, YouTube. And if mm. then you have a YouTube following, then you can get money from YouTube from, say, ad revenue and, and things like that. You yeah. mentioned before you have sponsorships. So there's a lot of gaming companies that offer sponsorships in terms of either for like a set fee financially or if they give you equipment to upgrade your systems and 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 your stream and things like that and then when you start to get like a, a i guess a mass following is when things like you can work on your own brand and you can get merchandise and things like that out yeah. so when so i was explaining this in terms of how vicstar makes his money and that's like a lot of the revenues that he he has um to, to my cousin as i was saying but when you actually dive into how people leverage their content and obviously like as we were saying before we started the podcast is like even tiktoks and reels and things to to bash them out like if you have a really good um clip on quality ear for example uh, and you kill like a full squad within 60 seconds mm-hmm. then them clips go viral on tiktok and then you can yeah. reach more audience and they can follow you on then twitch they can and- follow you yeah it's crazy it's like endless it's literally endless that's why people put in so much work as well so you know you've got to get the clips and the only way to get the clips is to be playing a lot of the time but when once you get there it just takes one to go viral and you can gain so many followers and it's crazy so obviously on my instagram um I've got I've got more content which which is going to be on there now because what happened was I just unfortunately I got ill again and the pandemic really hit me so I had to kind of you know I couldn't take it so seriously but I've been working hard and I've got so much content about there but just one 
I had a couple of videos upon Instagram. Oh my God, the, uh, the reach that you get from it, it's crazy. So just that one, sometimes it just takes one or two videos and before you know it, people are following you, people are liking your stuff, they're subscribing to you and you've got a whole new audience. So, And then it's momentum. It's like the snowball effect. Like you just got to build that little snowball and then it'll roll on and it'll roll on and it'll just get bigger and bigger and bigger over time. Because yeah, yeah. I think that the, the important thing is, as I said before, is that the you've been doing it for a while without any sort of like financial returns or anything because there's the passion there which is sustainable do you mean like if you were doing it for like just monetary incentive and it doesn't come initially then you probably give up but because there is like that sort of passion for it it's that sustainability which means that you can do it for longer and then you allow that snowball to gradually increase over time so like maybe in two years three years four five ten whoever knows it could be like this massive entity but it's built from something very small and just a natural passion yeah just it's just usually a lot of the time you're just in your room with your headset on very antisocial <laughs> and from that you can it's it's crazy honestly it's crazy if you've got the passion but i believe that for anything if you've got the passion for something you can take it as, as far as you want to take it so yeah at first like i said it was more like a hobby i play it was just a lot of fun i'm a psycho i love shooting people i love just having a laugh like it makes me laugh i know it's crazy but um now that i've seen where i can take it it's like, all right, now I'm a bit more serious and I can put my business head on it and my business perspective and say, you know what, people are really enjoying it. And I know that I'm different, which is really helpful because when you are different in in, in anything that you do. A brand. Yeah, you've got a brand and it's crazy. Like, that's why I encourage other females to come forward. Not saying that I want to be the leader of it, but I do want to be like the voice to say, you know what, if I can do trust me, if I can do it, then anybody can do it. <laughs> So I just, I do want more females to come forward. I do want more Asian females to come forward and be like, well, that's cool. I want to have, I want to have a go. Do you know what I mean? Just so it's more normalized within our community because the comments are hilarious sometimes. <laughs> no, hundred percent. And I, and I don't know if this is a sexist thing to say. Uh, it's, it's, it's positive to women <laughs> and, and a, in a weird way, I think, but I feel like personally females do just get better numbers online in, in general. So uh, if, <laughs> if, if you do start, then you're basically starting with an advantage. And it, I know it doesn't sound like it, but because there aren't that many females in the game, but it is an advantage. It's harsh to say, but I have to. And the things I say to my guy mates as well, obviously, you know, the stereotypical, not even, it's true. There's a lot more guy gamers than there are girl gamers. Mm-hmm. So you can imagine the amount of guys that are doing the same thing and they're not getting very far. But if you're a woman and a woman of color, <laughs> and you sit there it's sad it is sad and I do apologize to everyone that was really working there but but opportunities do just naturally come your way so quick because you look different you are different that's why I would love to see more brown girls get into it because we can make something of ourselves and I want to make a little community and I want it I want it to be fun and I want us to you know just be different and it's an advantage to be to be different is is a big advantage so 100% and not to sound a bit creepy yeah but realistically if you look at any any social media (laughs) sort of (laughs) not to sound creepy but I'm gonna say something very creepy (laughs) if you look at like any social media and I think Twitch is part of that like anything where like there's a a online audience viewing it yeah I think say if a a guy posts a picture topless and a girl (laughs) posts a picture in a gym wear or something yeah not many guys are going to be like, oh, I appreciate your muscles, bro. Do you know what I mean? Like some guys yeah. will, but not many. Not many girls are going to go out of their way to appreciate that guy's post anyway, because there's that mm-hmm. many more boys doing it. Yeah. 
when it's the other way around, when it's a guild posting a picture of like a booty gains or whatever, then it's all the guilds will come and support that female, which that doesn't happen with the lad with other lads. And all the boys will come and show their love as well because well, you know why. I don't have to I don't have to say explicitly. Don't worry. Exactly. So like online guilds just get bigger and better numbers. So it is one of them things where it's 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 an advantage. I don't know if that's sexist to say, but it is I think it's the truth. Yeah, it isn't very nice. I don't like saying it because I've got a lot of guy mates that are grinding, like they're trying so hard and then they'll see me post something on Instagram and be like, are you for real? Well, I, can't, I was born this way. I can't help it. Makes <laughs> way it is. Do you know what I mean? But it, it, but the thing is, I've I haven't tried to advantage is probably the wrong word. I haven't tried to take advantage of it. I've just always known I'm different. So I thought it was cool if other people are different and they're worried about doing something. Then if they see me like, you know, I just look like a normal like a normal brown girl but they don't expect someone like me to be playing playstation so if they see someone like me doing it like we've spoken about a few times maybe they'll be like oh you know what i can do that as well mm-hmm. and 100 that's why that's exactly why the reason i reached out and and i think we're sort of coming full circle is like the amount of people that i've like talked to of, of tag team wrestlers i've had on here um i've had like video directors like of behind the scenes of some like the biggest sort of advertising brands in the world yeah, yeah. um boxes i've had the the ha- happy the hathi uh, books author of and she was a female as well um and like creating that like all these sort of different aspects of uh, artists uh, even like musical and actual like paintings and stuff when you see somebody doing what you want to do at a young age probably more more so at a young age mm-hmm. who looks like you it just becomes that more achievable because you're like well they probably come from a similar background to me. So why can't I do it? Whereas if you see nobody in your, like football is a thing that I use an example a lot of times. We don't see that many Indian footballers, yeah, but yeah, that's true. we have a couple now. One's playing for Swansea, smashing it. One's um, playing for Bayern Munich and he's he's creeping in and, and like, I think he's on the reserves, but he's, he's played with the first team a couple of times okay. and he's got Singh on the back of his shirt which is a massive yeah, thing you know what i mean if you're a kid and you see that boom i can be a footballer because he's like me and and that, that means i can do it whereas maybe five years ago that might not be the case no it's not impossible if you see other people do it you know it's not impossible you know it's within your reach so why not so 100 yeah, think it's um important you know if you if you like doing something then who cares what other people think i always say that in my whole life i've always said i do not care what people think about me so i've always i've always had thick skin anyway i just like to laugh things off but then when i started doing the streaming other things came with it like oh my god you're you're indian and you stream and girls would be like i've always wanted to do that where do i start blah blah blah. i'm like just do it like you're gonna have so much fun and like we said you've got an advantage you're a brown girl that is gaming like do it you can you can make something out of yourself so you know the amount of freshies in india who are gonna creep up on you like come on you got so much viewing just there (laughs) (laughs) to be fair i've been very lucky people expect there to be a lot of creeps and there really haven't been which is really good i know it's bad to expect a lot of creeps but all the guys that like tune into my stream from all over the world and stuff they don't see me as oh my god she's an indian girl do you know what I mean? They just see me as a gamer. That's what I love about the gaming community. They do not see me for what I look like. They don't see me for what I sound like. You know, I have a good time and I, I'm, I'm decent, half decent, I would say, at the game. So, um, yeah, we just have a really good time. And the gaming community is so accepting of everybody. I've never had a weird, in- weird encounter since I've been streaming. I don't think I have. That's you do, actually. That's a, that's a lie. I just remember <laughs> a few times. 
when I'm streaming and you know people will find me on Instagram and think this is like shadi.com or something and <laughs> I will get married uh, proposals like you can tell that guys are messing around but sometimes it's like are you single are you this and I'm like you have moderators so you you can have your mates there just to make sure the chat's going all right and I'll just like can you kick them out or, like this is what I'm here for like, I'm only here to have a good time playing games. Like, what's the best? What's the best line you've had? What's the funniest line? Sorry. Oh, I don't know. I don't know. Some probably like a war zone pun or something. Like I don't know. I've had the weird. It's very rare, but you, you have to laugh because it's you. You can't blame them. Like they're shooting their shot. Fair enough. But I'm just like it's not. It's not like that round here. Sorry, mate. You come to the wrong stream. That's what you're expecting. <laughs> I'm always like I'm here to play a game, and that's all I'm here for. So. <laughs> definitely that's 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 tickled me that one because <laughs> i can i can imagine it it is very common so i can definitely imagine it and you said that you are decent at the game honestly oh, she said that i genuinely am <laughs> crying here because i'm too much um and uh you have literally got tears that's how, how much i'm laughing um you said you were good at the game and and genuinely you are like as as i said like i dropped on your stream a few times and I don't know if you were just having a lucky week last week, but you were getting Ooh. wins on wins on wins. I got so many wins last week. I don't know what happened. Honestly, I think I've just leveled up out of nowhere. Honestly, I'd constant all week. But the thing is, the moment I went on stream that week, it just went down the pan. Like I was playing so well. I've got loads of clips to prove if no one believes me that I was doing decent. But sometimes when you're on stream, like I play a lot better off stream than I do on. I think it's because you've got no pressure in it. You're just there chilling. Yeah. Um, and you're interacting and things like that as well so yeah. yeah so it's a lot harder on stream but yeah last week didn't know what happened to me <laughs> you play, just killing it. so you play on console as well right yeah yeah i do i play on playstation 5 but eventually everyone's saying pc is the way forward so have you have you played on pc before i haven't <laughs> it takes some getting used to like one of my mates is uh, is like starting to stream soon um and he's basically like taken a bit of time to learn pc first because he's he's wicked at games on on playstation but mm -hmm. keyboard and mouse is just completely different it um, is, I can imagine. yeah it, it does not look fun when he was trying to explain it like i know how good he is at games so when he was going in the lobbies and like getting his ass whooped i was like that's yeah you can sort of tell like he's way better than me at games and stuff so yeah, yeah it's just one of them one of them sticky situations um, another thing that sort of happened recently, which is a, a topic that we already spoke about before the podcast, and I, I know that you haven't I haven't seen this, but the Mortal Kombat trailer came out. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> yeah, you obviously watched it, right? Yeah, obviously. Yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about. <laughs> um, so yeah, as as we said before, and you're not a massive movie fan, but <laughs> oh, unfortunately, sorry. <laughs> but uh, this this Mortal Kombat movie came uh, trailer, sorry, came out um, for obviously in Mortal Kombat, and that sparked my interest of basically, and it's not the first Mortal Kombat movie actually. So this is a bit of trivia if anybody doesn't know. There were two movies released in '95 and '96, and I remember this because I had them on VCR when, like, <laughs> I was born in '96, but we had them on VCR because my brother had them yeah. and, and watched them as well. And obviously, like, CGI and things aren't as good as now, but it is what it is. Uh, they, they were still decent. But now the trailer came out for this one, and it's massive. Got me thinking of if if you have watched any movies. I know you don't watch a lot, but if you have watched any movies that are based on games. Uh, what would be your favourite? And I've got a few examples here for you. So okay. we've got. I need help here. <laughs> um, I'll start with the like more rogue ones, and I'll, I'll I'll get like the more popular ones towards the end. So, mm -hmm. um, 
Hitman. Hitman 47's is the guy with the red tie. Yeah, that yeah. was that was a game first and then turned into a movie. Yeah. Uh, Street Fighter was one back in the day. Resident Evil movies was a good franchise. Uh, mm-hmm. Prince of Persia, which I actually watched the other night just randomly. Um, yeah. Max Payne, Final Fantasy, Doom. Some of the more popular ones are probably Sonic. You know that new one with um, yeah, Jim Carrey. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So may- maybe that's the answer. We've got Tron. You know the ones on the motorbikes with the lines and all that yeah yeah. i think assassin's creed came out uh, a couple of years ago as well mm, which yeah. was very good I for mean, me yeah. that needs it needs a sequel that because it is a it was a very good movie i don't think they've made one but um i think they should and yeah. probably the biggest one is tomb raider i was waiting for that one <laughs> yeah, <laughs> tomb raider. That. <laughs> yeah. yeah i was like oh, i hope to god he mentions tomb raider yeah yeah, yeah. that's why i was like, i'll leave it to the end because it is the biggest one isn't it like uh, laura yeah. croft and, and tomb raider and angelina jolie back in the day mm-hmm. so do you have, have you enjoyed any of them which one's your favorite i imagine it's tomb raider from the back do, of that yeah like we said before we started this i'm really bad at films because i am like a cat i will get cozy abs so you'll see me on my stream i'll have a gumball sometimes a pillow i'll get as comfortable as i possibly can and i will fall asleep i, I am a big time sleeper as well so i'll knock out within 10 minutes of a film being on so me and films aren't friends but Tomb Raider I absolutely loved so when the game came out and um, have you seen the comparisons of the graphics of what Tomb Raider used to be compared to Tomb Raider is now the triangle chest I'll say (laughs) I remember playing that and it's mad how like graphics and time goes on and you like imagine playing that now you'd be like what is this but at the time at the time you're like wow that's so cool it looks so real (laughs) so yeah Tomb Raider probably on that list I would say Going back to what you were saying before, like with GTA, like I remember playing GTA London and it was like a it was a um overhead view. So it was like you were looking straight down, like you know, like Pokemon, how you uh, like on the Game Boy back in the day, how it would be like yeah. an overhead view. It was like that, like both of that had Game Boy color and yeah. uh and Pokemon was like that, but even GTA was like that. It wasn't like you it wasn't 3D, it was like from a like a, a sky view. I can't believe how far they've come. Like, it's so realistic. It's mad. It's absolutely crazy. It is crazy. I'd say out of them, my, my favourite's probably Assassin's Creed, just because I played the game a lot more as well. But I think Tomb Raider is the biggest one. And I think they did a remake, didn't they, of the movie, like, a couple of years ago. Not with Angelina Jolie. But Not some... with Angelina So I didn't watch it because she went in it. So I was like, <laughs> it. yeah. Because I've grown up on all the Tomb Raider movies. And, you know, when you watch yeah. someone else play the role, it's just not the same is it so i didn't watch that one <laughs> it's really not um and if you could make any gaming series into a movie and i'll, I'll preface this by saying it has to be story based so it can't be call of duty <laughs> okay. if you if you made because I, I can't call of duty is basically just every action movie in yeah, my opinion yeah, but yeah. like if you like chose a game that was like story based like a story based series what which one would you turn into a game and i know my answer and that's why I'm asking the question, but I'll let you go first. So, like, you say if I watched a film or something, what I would turn into a game, or just a series in general? Other way around, other way around. So, what game have you played? Okay. Like, a story-based game. So, like, oh. Assassin's Creed was a, a was a game, and then they made it into a movie. Into so, what a... other one? Ooh, I don't know. That's a really tough one. Like I said, I've always, like, played the same game. I'm boring like that. So, I'm trying to think. Just give me a moment. What other games have I played? A lot of the games I've played have... You know, got a story behind it. You know, like Battlefield, for, Battlefield, for example. Mm-hmm. Like, there's a history behind it. And recently, I've been into my history. I never used to be at school, but 
like Battlefield's like a cop out though because it's, it's like, like Call it's of Duty. Movie. Yeah, exactly. It's like Call of Duty. It's basically just a shooting movie, isn't it? And there's so yeah, many of them. I mean, like a bit more like a bit more like where there's perhaps not even a multiplayer option. It is purely just story based. Purely story based. Yeah. What games have I played that are really? That's a really tough one. Tell me, you tell me what would what would you choose? Mine's mine's quite easy because I'm a sucker for like Greek mythology and things like that. Okay. Oh, God of War. <laughs> you can say God of War. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That would be. See, I want to play that. I've seen people oh. like I want to play it. Yeah, yeah. Play that on stream because one, that's a, it's such a sick game. I I'm saying the original trilogy though because they changed the new one is like Nordic mythology, okay, yeah. which is more like um like Thor type things whereas the original trilogy was like uh or greek mythology which is like zeus and and all of that i don't know if i'm probably just speaking no. to deaf ears here like no, 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 it's interesting. as i'm getting older i'm more into my history it's crazy i used to fall asleep no surprise there i used to fall asleep in history at school but now i'm just like wow like you know um assassin's creed now we were watching Vikings on Amazon Prime. Yeah. And oh my god, it's so good. I would never ever watch anything on Vikings, but when I tell you I was into that. So the fact that and now it's crazy because I saw Assassin's Creed come out, but I didn't link the two. And then recently I finished watching Vikings and I'm like, when I clocked that there's a game, I was like, oh my god, that's so cool. So yeah, yeah. I'm that's what that Valhalla is, is that all that yeah, small like mythology? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what's really good as well is that um uh, you know. Assassin's Creed's always been really good because they actually like get historians involved to make the game. So they like so I remember seeing this article once that like I think it's Odyssey's the one that's like made in ancient Egypt. Yeah, yeah. And they actually like you could actually have a tour of the pyramids and it would be that accurate in game. That is really cool. I like, like that. Yeah, it's it's meant to be really like scientifically and historically correct and all that stuff. But no, for for me, like just imagine this, yeah the rock playing kratos yeah and like because he's got that build and it would just look so dope and then you have the original trilogy of him finding out that he's like this child of the gods and he goes and battles like zeus and aries and all that oh mate i'm I'm getting a bit too nerdy here but it's what i like like yeah i'm finding all this shit more interesting now than i ever did so i'm really into it now but um, that'll be really, really cool. Hopefully they can hear you and they'll be like, you know what, that's a really good idea. <laughs> yeah, anybody, anybody this is a podcast, fucking just make that movie yeah. in it. I'll expect it my royalties afterwards. <laughs> yeah, it might already be in the working for all you know. Yeah, it could be. Yeah, imagine how excited you'd get, you'd be like, oh, I'll be buzzing. I'd get this clip of me saying it and we post it every single day. Like <laughs> from the announcement to the day that the movie comes out and then I'll just go there and watch it like every single day, honestly. That would be cool. It would be so sick. Um, I've really enjoyed this conversation. It's been really, really, really uh, dope. Obviously, we, we touched on quite a lot. It's it's uh, uh, it's went on a bit longer than I think we expected. That's crazy. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, my God. Look at the time. Yeah, exactly. Um, but just before we finish, I asked the same five questions to every single guest. It's sort of in a quick fire fashion. So um, we'll, we'll get started with these. Um, what are you most proud of? Um, I'm most proud of even though I've been really unwell, just staying positive. I'm just a positive person. Anything can hit me and I'll always put a positive spin on it. So I'm, I'm proud of myself for that. 100%. What are you most looking forward to? Seeing where the journey takes me. Really am. I, re- I know it sounds cheesy, but I've got so much stuff that's coming my way these days. And I'm like, that's so cool. I'm, an, I'm a nerd. I'm a geek. And I'm just like, oh my God, this stuff is so cool. So definitely seeing how far I can take it because I'm having the time of my life right now, I have to say. 
sick, sick. If you just stopped at the beginning part, I would have said that was corny as well, but no, you, you expanded, so that's good. What is your biggest motivation? My biggest motivation, probably the fact that, like we keep saying, I'm different from what you expect. So that's my biggest motivation. Like, if I'm in a field where I don't look the same as everybody else, you know, I'm from a different background, like, why not? Why not just push the boat out and try and get as try and get as many people on the boat as I can and then push, push the boat out <laughs> so we can all win together. So my motivation is just, you know, no one looks like me that's out there doing it, so why not in it? Why not in it? That yeah. <laughs> <laughs> was so professional. Why not in it? Yeah, go on. It's <laughs> <laughs> good, it's good. Um, actually, I just thought it was funny. That's, uh, <laughs> uh, what is your definition of success? Just, okay, this is... Oh, why do all my answers have to sound cheesy in my head? Oh, success to me is just living within my means and being happy. That's literally, it might sound super duper cheesy, but in life, all I want to be is happy. Happiness comes first and then success will follow. But as long as I'm happy, I'm healthy, that's it. That's all that matters to me. And last but not least, because it's the Culture Cast podcast, how has your culture affected you this far? So, <laughs> um, like I said, the support from, from the Asian community has been unbelievable. They've lifted me up and they've got me to where I am. And obviously, because I am a seat girl myself, um, that has just pushed me to a whole it's pushed me into so many opportunities I can't even tell you so it's helped me human it's just crazy um and yeah that's it really I don't know I had so much more to say on that point but I just completely lost my train of thought <laughs> take a second if you need to you can keep on going it's up to you I don't know it's just just everyone's been so supportive and like because in our culture anyway we we are very uplifting and we're a very tight-knit community we all know what each other's going through so we can all relate to each other so there's always someone to lean on there's always someone to talk to and like I said earlier our generation we just want to see each other win so to have these people around me I'll push them up they'll push me up and I know that if one of us is going to make it you know we're all going to make it so that's it and I, I think that's the conversation we had before is that generational shift of like it's not tearing each other down anymore it's more building each other up and when as you said when one of us makes it then it becomes that much more achievable to everybody else so it's you always want to see people succeed uh instead of and instead of tearing them down obviously there's going to be outliers and there's going to be people who yeah, don't yeah, want you to win but fuck there's always going to be competition <laughs> obviously and there's always going to be people that are a bit you know odd but so far all i can say is it's been great and I wouldn't be where I am if it weren't for all these people that are watching my stream so yeah it's great. smashed it smashed it what I think I've like I found really refreshing during this is that you you have sort of realized at a very sort of I guess young age that like you're you're, you're happy with yourself do you know yeah. what I mean you don't you don't find that nowadays too much like everybody yeah. especially like with social media it has its it has its benefits and its drawbacks and I think one of the things that is a drawback is that people want to attain this image that is is not even attainable because the people who you think are getting it aren't even having it so they aren't yeah it's always really important just to stay true to yourself like it's not about about you know it's not about anybody else I think I don't know what it is it's just the way I've grown up and where I've grown up I haven't really cared about what people think about me they can think whatever they want to think I'm here for a good time I've always got a smile on my face and that's all that matters like you just want to be like I said before happy and healthy and to me that's just success like I'm not in competition with anyone 
I'm just in my little bubble, always partying, always dancing. I'm just here doing my own little thing, trolling, you know, like trolling along. So I'm happy. No, hundred percent. It, it, it's the best way to be. Like I think when when you realise like to to sort of accept yourself, play to your own strengths, maybe mm-hmm. work on your weaknesses, all of that. But it, it just becomes a lot more easier. You're not really trying to please anybody else. You just do what you got to do. And, and yeah, it's it's a lot less stressful and it's a lot more fun. Do you know what I mean like you don't have half of that mental stress disappears? Mm-hmm. But I will leave your links in the bio below. Um, and your twitch stream your instagram that we've mentioned so much throughout this podcast so people can go check that out and a few other links will also be in there uh potentially uh because they things will, will be they are 100% will. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um is there anything that you want to say or plug before we finish not really i think you've done it all for me to be honest <laughs> you know if you want to check me out come and check me out you know we're always having a laugh you know never any negativity around here so if you're feeling down whatever just, just come by and say hello you know, I'm always there for you. I'm always there out there, you know. <laughs> so, yeah, it'd be cool. Thank Perfect. you. Perfect. No worries. No, it was, it was my pleasure. It was my pleasure. Uh...